here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome back to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and as always I am joined by my buddy from the Action Network, Dan Titus. Dan, we finally made it a full year. We started off this podcast last year talking about the NFL draft, doing NFL draft props. We were in the midst of year two of COVID. The mass mandate is gone. I think we have finally crossed the the line here uh, and we get the NFL draft once again. I'm super, super excited to bet on this. How you doing, bud? Doing great, man. Glad glad to be back here. It's crazy. It's been a year since we started out doing this, but uh, what better way to uh, get the offseason started with some NBA draft props, man. It's a great time of the year. We got tons of good bets. So uh, yeah, man, excited to have the conversation. I can't wait. This is literally one of my favorite uh, betting days of the entire year. And if you're unfamiliar with the NFL draft betting market, it's actually one of the ones that you can do the best on because you're just trading on information. There's not a whole lot of randomness in terms of, I mean, there is in terms of like misinformation and one team does this and then like it kind of, kind of like a domino effect, but you're trading off of like real deal, real life information. If you know who to follow and when to act, you can actually beat the books here. So something I'm super excited about. I got a two year big winning streak and I do not plan on losing in year three. We're taking this thing to the goddamn moon. Uh, all right. Can't wait to talk more about some NFL draft props before we get to that. The NFL Draft at Champions Round is one of our biggest events of the year, and we debut a product every year called Big Board Showdown. That is a – so basically between 6 and 16 people can play in a league. You do a snake draft, and you have to have one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, a tight end, uh, flex, offensive line, and four defensive spots. Draft your whole lineup, and you earn points based on where they're drafted uh, in the real deal NFL draft. So if you have one of the first five picks, you earn 20 points, so on and so forth, until we get to Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant is worth 50 points if you nail him. If your guy goes undrafted, you earn zero points. person with the most points at the end wins. Pretty simple, really, really fun. I encourage you to go join a league right now, and I am going to play a little preview video, and then we'll get to some NFL draft props. So that is our Big Board Showdown product. You can play that right now, and you can play through the start of the NFL Draft on April 28th. We are also going to have not one, not two, not three, not four, five seven-stakes contests available for the NFL Draft. So if you have an NFL Draft itch, and if you love gambling, we can scratch it for you, baby. We are all about the NFL Draft here. We can't wait for it come next Thursday. All right, Dan. Let's get to the NFL draft props. I'm going to let you start off. What's your number one lock on the board right now? Number one lock on the board. I'm going with Evan Neal to the Texans, number three overall, plus 350 on DraftKings. Ike Aquanu, he's obviously the favorite right now, but I feel like the Texans, with their rebuilding format and their abysmal offensive line, I think Evan Neal's the dude. You know, he's a three year start at Alabama. Proven talent, five-star pedigree as a high school recruit. 
He's playing the SEC, so you know he's played up against top-tier talent. Um, per PFF, the Texans ranked 29th in offensive line grading last year. They're awful. They also have some issues there where Marcus Cannon just got released. Uh, Laramie Tunsil is going to be a, potentially a free agent in 2023, so they don't really have much security there. And I think Evan Neal is probably the most NFL-ready lineman that you have here. Certainly going to have some competition with Aquanu um, at this at this draft slot here, but um, I'm, I'm taking it at plus 350. I think those, that value there is too good. And as a hedge, um, you could also probably take um, take an Evan Neal under five and a half at minus 115 because I don't see him getting past the Jets at four or you know ultimately the Giants at five, who we know and we'll talk about it. I'm sure is very much more in this show about how bad the Giants need an offensive lineman, but. Um, being that I'm picking him at number three, that also puts him in play as the first lineman drafted at plus 150 and first offensive player drafted at plus 150 as well. So a few different angles you can play on Evan Neal as well. So I was just going to bring this up. I went to BetMGM to go search this number as you were talking. And first offensive lineman selected Evan Neal plus 150. Equanu uh, is minus 190. Charles Cross plus 800. None of the other guys are going to come off the board before those three. Yeah, uh, I like Neil there. So I, I think that this should be more even. I'm not going to make a play on the Texans and what they're going to do right now. But just looking at straight up offensive line market, I think that Neil and Aquanu should be pretty close to even. Uh, I don't think that the Texans are necessarily going to be, if they want to draft O-line, that they definitely want Aquanu over Neil. I think that Neil right. makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, I get the angle for Aquanu too. I just think, I think it should be even. Uh, I don't think that the Jets based on the fact that they have taken two offensive linemen in the last two drafts of Akai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker, I don't think that they're going to end up there. Uh, they're also not going to end up a cornerback. I think they end up going wide receiver or the best pass rusher on the board. So wide get past receiver. them. Ooh, four. Yeah, well, so here's the reason for the, I guess we'll just I think they'll, I think they'll, I think they'll wait talking. a little bit longer, but that that's a, so, good, that's a good segue into it. They could go for number 10. Uh, that right. makes a lot of sense. I feel like a lot of mock drafters are there right now. But Joe Douglas has tried and has struck out on every single wide receiver in the entire market. He, he's tried to trade for everyone except for Devontae Adams, it seems like. Yeah. And he's gotten nowhere. I'm sure yeah. that he would package four to go get Debo or AJ or DK if he could. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. I think that they'll probably use number 10 on a wide receiver. However... If you really want to get your guy and you have a guy so far ahead of everyone else, why not just draft him at four? What's the difference? If he gets snaked on, if he really wants Garrett Wilson and Garrett Wilson is not going to be around at 10 because Atlanta may take him at eight. Do you just take him at four? I, I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying there's a possibility that it does happen. The way that I actually think this draft shakes out is you have defensive lineman one, defensive lineman two, Offensive lineman or defensive lineman three, and probably defensive lineman four. I think that the Jets, if it goes Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Walker, one, two, three, in some order, I think that the Jets will either trade out of four, they will not take an offensive lineman or a cornerback, they take right. wide receiver, or they take Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. I think they're going to take the best pass rusher on the board. Uh, yeah, I and feel, I think that I, I fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see that shaking out. I could see that shaking out. Um, right. yeah. Wasn't going to add to that. Oh, oh. So you, you said that the, because the jets addressed the offensive lineman position, the last two drafts, that's why they won't do it again. Yeah. 
they were fourth. They did allow the fourth most sacks last year. And it's not like they had their quarterback, they're starting, you know, their quarterback that they invested their future in, in Zach Wilson upright for most of the season. I mean, we're seeing Mike white. I mean, how many other quarterbacks yeah. did we really see we saw Joe Flacco for a time? So I don't think that they're going to overlook it that much. Like, especially if you get that type of a pedigree, like I would bank my future on the lineman more than this wide receiver market this year. Um, but I, I see the play for it being that that's certainly a position of need that they weren't able to address in free agency. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of reading the tea leaves here on that. They took the first two and they've hit on both those linemen too. They've done a really yeah, good job, yeah, yeah. but they're just trying to, I think spread the wealth amongst their first round picks so that they're so not dominant in one place. They already have two stalwarts Becton and a bear Tucker will be there for, for a long time, probably a decade plus you can find three other linemen to put them together. You don't have to spend another first-round pick on getting one, right. especially if you don't think that Neo or Aquanu is going to be, you know, a lights-out guy. You also have Becton, who's already like a left tackle, so you can't really put Aquanu there. People think he's a guard. You already have Vera Tucker. So right. if the Jets are going to keep it, you probably go with Neil, who can play right tackle. Right tackle. I, I don't know. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, let me start off with two bets here i want to get one out of the way which is like my lock of all locks right now and then i want to jump to the top of the draft so my best bet on the board right now is desmond ritter top 32 to be a first round pick i think there will be third i put that out on twitter today uh i bet it yesterday i am very very confident that there will be three quarterbacks in the first round of the nfl draft i believe they will be malik willis kenny pickett and desmond ritter I believe that Ritter may end up getting picked above one of Kenny Pickett or Des or or Malik Willis. I would not be surprised to see him be a top twenty pick. Uh, I think there will only be three first round picks quarterbacks. I think those are the three. I like this is like an absolute stone cold lock to me. I don't foresee any way that he gets past Detroit at number thirty two. And I, in fact, if I had to bet right now, I would say that Detroit is going to take an a defensive lineman at two, who is going to be. I mean, we'll talk about that in a second, but I think that the Lions will end up trading 32 and 34 to move up and take a quarterback in the draft. I think it will be Desmond Ritter. And I think it'll happen with like, maybe like the Eagles in their second pick at like number 19, something like that. Or number 18, yeah. sorry. Uh, and see the Eagles drop back and get more picks. That's kind of where I'm at with uh, with Desmond Ritter right now. Yeah, I think the uh, the cap makes sense considering that most of the books have already made adjustments to the QB positions market. You know, I'm seeing over two and a half at minus 250 now. So you, you figure you slot in another quarterback there. I think Mil, uh, Willis and and Pickett are the obvious choices for the the two. And then you you have Desmond Ritter. Reading up on on football outsiders, Ritter's been one of the, the, the highest risers um, of the draft right now. Um, I think his expected draft position was in the thirties range and now it's moved up to 27. So um, I think there's definitely some steam going towards Ritter being a first round pick. And it, what I think you at the odds at what, like minus minus one thirty. Yeah. Minus um, 125. Yeah. Minus 125. So yeah, that's really solid for um, I think a back end selection of this draft. All right. So let's move to the top of the draft. Let's get like the top three picks out of the way. You already touched on the Texans. I think that Evan Neal is probably a decent choice if he's going to go there. But I think a lot can happen based on what happens with the first two picks. So Yeah, the first two is going to really shake it up, shake this whole thing up, right? So the market is moving 
heavily against Aiden Hutchinson right now, being the number one pick to Jacksonville. He's currently minus 170. Trayvon Walker coming back at plus 140. A lot of this has to do with the fact that Trent Baalke has a, a past history in San Francisco of picking toolsy defensive linemen over production in college. That's what every media member out there is saying right now. People are forgetting that Alden Smith, which is whom they're referring to, was an <laughs> absolute monster statistically when he was in college. Trayvon Walker, despite the fact that he was yeah. at Georgia on that you know, elite defense, he did not put up elite stats. This is a guy that was thought of to be a second-round pick and then a middle first-round pick until he tested the combine. Him going number one overall would be wild. Now, there are some other things at play here. Trent Baalke does not potentially want to draft Jim Harbaugh's golden boy, Aiden Hutchinson, from Michigan. I don't know that that's a thing, but I'm making it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's in play. I also think that because this is the exact same rumor has come out across the board about the Alden Smith San Francisco thing, this is clearly being fed by someone in Jacksonville to right. the media. Why they're feeding it is interesting and an angle to think about from a gambling perspective. What do they want to do? What I think they want to do is create some doubt with Detroit. Oh, maybe we can go get Aiden Hutchinson. Okay, maybe we should trade up to one to go get Aiden Hutchinson. Would, be, would we be okay giving up number 34 to ensure that Jacksonville's not going to take Hutchinson? Okay, maybe. Maybe that comes out. I still think that Hutchinson to be the first player taken in this draft at minus 170 is a great bet. I already bet this is minus 300. I'm going to keep betting it all the way down. I do not think that Trayvon Walker will be the first player taken in this draft. I think there's a chance that Jacksonville takes him at number two, but I don't think he's going to be number one. And I think that Balky, given the fact that he needs to keep his job with a new head coach in there, and the head coach has more power than he does, I think Trent Balky is going to end up with a safe play if they keep the pick, and they will take Aiden Hutchinson. I don't see any way that this happens. So I would be keep betting Aiden Hutchinson until I'm wrong, and I might be wrong, but this is these are my thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I I, I was I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, Trayvon Walker right now I, I'm actually seeing more steam going towards uh Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau. In, yeah. in, in terms of going you know top three and, and Trayvon I think I think that there's actually a really I think there's a compelling case that he could actually that Walker could fall out of the top four and I'll talk about it actually why don't I just give my bet um go for it so I'm gonna go Trayvon Trayvon Walker over three and a half at plus 198 at FanDuel it, it, to me, the 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 way the top three are shaking out is Hutchinson, number one. He's the he's minus two hundred at, at most books. You had him at minus three hundred, you know, weeks ago. But you know, I still think he's going to end up being the odds-on favorite to go to Jacksonville. Thibodeau, I have him going two to Detroit, and then three. I already talked about Evan Neal going to the Texans. So by nature of it, I think Walker kind of falls into that four slot, which I think Salah would actually be all right. You know, taking a uh, an edge rusher of his pedigree, but. I also don't, I, I don't, I think it's in the realm of, of possible that he could actually slide further than that. Um, you know, potentially we don't know what Carolina is going to do, but I think at six, I think that that's also a compelling case considering that they need some, some edge rush help. Um, their secondary was very good last year, but their edge rush didn't really do much. So um, yeah, I think Walker could be, someone's got to be the odd man out here. Right. And I think it could be Walker just based off of more mock drafters. You know, I think it, when you go out, out of the combine, you see this guy is a freakish athlete. You know, put up superb numbers. He, he played for Georgia, the national champ. 
But if you go to the film, like he doesn't show out as much as these top two edge rushers like Hutchinson and Thibodeau. So I think he's going to slide a little bit. And maybe this is just smoke. You know, maybe Jacksonville is playing kind of playing some mind games that maybe they can trade down, get a little extra value and get their guy. But yeah, I I just find it hard to believe that Walker is going to sustain that top five, top five, to be honest. So that's maybe a bet that I'm looking at also maybe top five being that his over under is at three and a half right now. Yeah, so I I like the over three and a half play. I could see a. I want to talk about the Texans in a second. I know we talked about it with Neil, but they're an yeah. interesting case. Uh, so I have Hutchinson going one, and I'll make bets according to that. And I put this out maybe four or five days ago. Uh, Thibodeau to go second to the Lions. Uh, second pick was plus four fifty at the time. It's already down to plus two hundred in most places. So kind of got ahead of the steam there. And yeah. Thibodeau, this is my actually my biggest bet on the board right now in terms of how much money I've actually put down on it, but Thibodeau to be a top five pick at plus plus one fifteen, I think there's a chance that he goes two, three, four, or five. I don't see there's any way that he gets past the giants. And like you said, there's steam in the market for him to go one. I don't personally see that happening. Remember I went to Oregon. Like I'm all about (laughs) Thibodeau, but I think that's, that is way too risky of a move given his personality and his, you know, sometimes he takes plays off. If you're drafting a number one guy and it's between and Hutchinson and Thibodeau are about the same player, I yeah. want to take the reliable, I give everything guy all the time. So I would probably take Hutchinson too, even though I love a lot of the qualities that Thibodeau has. But right. Thibodeau top five, I think is an absolute stone cold lock at this point. Second pick, I mean, you could convince me, but at plus 450, it's good value. At plus 200, I don't know necessarily that I would do it. But I think that no one has done more work on Kayvon Thibodeau than the Lions have. And that whole thing that came out last week, Dan Campbell doesn't like the guy's personality. He's not a fit. I don't know where that's come from, but I don't think it's coming from Detroit. Brad Holmes only went to three visits this year. Kayvon Thibodeau was one. They've had him in the building uh, uh, once last week with Aiden Hutchinson. And then they had him in meetings at the scouting combine at the Oregon pro day. Like they've done all the work you could possibly do on this guy. And Josina Anderson in December tweeted out that the, if it was the number one pick and the Lions had the pick right now in December, they wouldn't have to do any mock drafting. They were locked in on Kayvon Thibodeau. That was their guy. So if Hutchinson's there, yeah, I, I do think that they go Hutchinson. But I think Thibodeau's their guy. And I think that yeah. he'll be the pick at number two. Number three, I could see it being Trayvon Walker. I could see it being Evan Neal. I know that Lovey Smith has talked a lot about cornerback play being intricate or a, a really strong part of what he needs to do in his defensive scheme. Maybe it's Derek Stingley. Maybe they go wild off the board. Maybe Whoa, it's Sauce Gardner. Not that high. <laughs> can't, can't get uh, there. Maybe Sauce, though. Maybe Sauce. I think Derek Stingley's going ahead of Sauce. I, I feel like Derek. Oh, I, 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 snap. I bet a lot of Derek Stingley stuff. I have under 12 and a half, under 10 and a half to be a top 10 pick, which is, uh, let's see. That's definitely plus money. Top 10 pick Stingley. No, minus 125, I bet it. Wow. And uh, Derek Singley to be the third pick, I have not bet yet, but I think there's a chance that this ends up happening. Third pick for Derek Singley, plus 700. So it's in play. Sauce Gardner's plus 500. Stingley's plus 700. I, I think that there's a chance that Houston wants to bet on the guy who had PFF 2019, the highest graded quarterback in the history of their database as a true freshman on a national championship team a guy who was shutting down Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in practice. Like there's film of that happening. Yeah. He's been injured the last two years, 
Yeah, LSU also stunk. Who cares? This guy was just waiting to get to the draft. Why <laughs> risk playing you know all out and injuring yourself even further? Screw it. I I think you think go Lovey. I, I just don't see Luffy just pulling that. Wow. Like, look, there. The next guy, but this guy has no red flags personality wise. He's an absolute gamer. I think that Lovey's just going to be like, go flip on that 2019 tape, or because Lovey Smith's not saying anything. He wants a cornerback, great. You know who's big in decisions? Nick Casario. You know yeah. what Nick Casario likes? A guy like maybe like Darrell Rivas. Maybe a guy like J.C. Jackson. He wants a stud cornerback. And I, I think there's a chance that this happens. I think there's a chance that Derek Stanley goes third overall. Uh, but I definitely think he's going to get top 10. I don't think he's going to end up making it past. I think that the, I don't think the Jets are going to take a cornerback at four, maybe at 10. The Giants definitely could use one at five or seven. I think more Giants. likely at seven than yeah. five. Giants need to use an offensive lineman at five. Carolina, not going to take him. Atlanta, they just got A.J. Terrell. They need an offensive player. Not going to take him. Seattle, Seattle, quarterback all day. I think that they, if one of Sauce or Stingley is on the board there, Sauce makes a lot of sense because he's almost exactly like Richard Sherman. Like long, lanky, tall, totally fit in. But Derek Stingley there, I think absolute would be great. So I don't think there's any chance he makes it past 10 with the Jets. So I, I love the Stingley uh, top. And I can also see the Vikings trading up to 9 or 10 to go get him because I know that they love him a lot. Could see that. Could see that. Um, was I going to go with that? Um, I don't know. I went I went on a lot of different directions here. Let's go back. What's your, <laughs> next, what's your, what's your next best bet here? Oh man, my next bet. I'm going to uh I'm gonna go with Drake London under 10 and a half plus money plus 100 at FanDuel. This opened up at 12 and a half, and this number's dropped to 10 and a half. And if you look across books, this FanDuel is the only one offering plus money at this one. So I think this is just a value play. You know, you got the Falcons drafting at eight, the Jets at 10. We already talked about the Jets potentially. Well, you you have the Jets potentially making that leap. At, at four potentially for a wide receiver. I don't see it happening, but worst case, I think it's going to be at the 10 spot. And uh, those two teams are the really ones that stick out to me. Uh, London size, 6'4", 220, um, could be an excellent addition to the their wide receiver core for the Jets that already have Corey Davis, you know, Braxton Berrios in their draft pick last year and Elijah Moore. Um, they need that deep threat guy that can kind of just bring down the ball. And I think he fits in perfectly as well as the Falcons. You know, if they don't uh, go for Garrett Wilson, you know, I think Drake London is certainly a good option here. 88 receptions, over 1,000 yards, and seven touchdowns last year. So um, I, I love this play here at under 10 and a half. Um, no, I think he gets into the top 10. The wide receiver market right now is very interesting. So I'll, I'll go over a couple of things that I have bet here and talk about BetMGM right now. Jamison Williams is plus 160 to be the first wide receiver off the board. That number has moved down an astounding amount. I bet that number two weeks ago at plus 700. Uh, now you <laughs> I also crazy. I also I also at the same time bet Chris Olave to be the first wide receiver taken plus 1800 it's plus 1600 now I don't really think there's a chance that it happens but like maybe my whole thought on this is yeah. if, if you look at all the mock drafters out there and anyone that has talked to NFL talent evaluators the difference between where people have guys one through five and in which order is really off. There is absolutely no consensus. So yes, the market's telling us that Garrett Wilson's probably the favorite to go first and then Drake London and then Williams and then Traylon Burks and Olave are like flip-flop. Right. Yeah. But there's been, if you read all the reports from like Albert Breer, Peter King, 
they have guys that have Alave ranked one, Jamison Williams ranked one, Garrett Wilson ranked five. They're all over the place here. A lot of pairing, so, yeah. I, I don't think that there's any value in betting Garrett Wilson to be the first guy. I think no. that Chris Olave right now bet MGM plus 1600. I think there's a chance that that happens. I think there's a chance that Jamison Williams end up being the first wide receiver taken. Yeah. So, the good thing Drake, about Jamison when you got him was that the report just came out that he's accelerate. He's having an, ex, an accelerated recovery schedule. So when you got it, you know, there wasn't really many reports of like how his rehabilitation was going. So that certainly got a, I mean, maybe that's the agent's, you know, pushing it to get his draft stock up. But he's also, you know, if he hadn't gotten injured, he's the most prolific wide receiver in the class. Like, it's not even close. I think that Drake London, your bet at 10 to the Jets is like a perfect fit. They already have Elijah Moore. They have the small guy. They could use a big body receiver. They could use their Mike Evans type to go get the ball deep to play with Zach Wilson, who can absolutely throw the crap out of the ball. I know that London's not the fastest guy, but – that dude wins every 50-50 ball in the history of the Pac-12. Like, he won every single one, albeit it's the Pac-12, not the best quarterbacks <laughs> in the world. I know. But, uh, you know, he's a really, really good player. I could see him going 10. The The problem that I have with betting 10 and a half, though, is how many positions in the first round or in the top 10 do you yeah. see potentially going corner, uh, wide receiver? So Literally four, only two, two teams. So the four to the Jets. 10 to the Jets, and 8 to Atlanta, right? Yep. Those are the teams. So yep. you figure that two wide receivers are probably going to end up making it to the top 10, probably most likely at 8 and 10. So yep. it's close. London, this is going to be a little sweat. It's going to be a sweat. Yeah, but like, it's just like a matter of who do you think the first two wide receivers off the board are going to be? If you think it's going to be someone and London, it's a great bet. I, I'm very confident that two wide receivers are going to go off the board by 10 and three by 11. Because let me make this very clear. The Washington Commanders are taking a wide receiver. And that might be the James worst kept J- secret. Jamison Williams. That that's that's where I'm slotting him at. Maybe eleven. Chris Olave. They're going to take, take Chris Olave. Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson if he's there. They're going to take an Ohio State wide receiver there. I I Spidey sense is telling me that it's, <laughs> it's an Ohio State wide receiver at eleven. Um, all right. Why don't we go through some other stuff that I have on the board? Kyle Hamilton. I bet over six and a half. Long time ago, it's unavailable, so maybe not even talk about it. Well, Things he's that, now well, over. He's now over ten and a half at plus I, money at DK, which I'm feeling. He's he's gonna go like thirteenth. Why don't we do this he's before I he's before I get to the rest of this? What's your top ten right now? Oh man, I don't man. Do I have a top ten that I can just reel off like that? Um, let me see. Uh, let me go to the board real quick. I got. Hutchinson one. I got Thibodeau yeah, two. Neil three. I have uh who did I have going to the Jets? Jets, I got ooh. It's probably Jermaine Johnson. Um Five, I have uh, – so this is one of my bets, actually. I'll just run this off real quick. On FanDuel, they're letting you do Jets-Giants specials. I got E.K. Aquanu going at five to the Jet to the Giants, and then yep. Sauce Garner going at seven for plus 700. Okay. And I love I that, like that because because Aquanu, they obviously need – the Giants need a lineman. Um, he's a unanimous, unanimous All-American, Mauler, 
certainly can actually help Saquon Barkley actually get some rushing yards and maybe keep Daniel Jones from being there, um, being on his back or just running ridiculous, ridiculous amounts for a quarterback. Um, and the Giants, though, when they picked up their new defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, this dude loves these cornerbacks and um, think he's a great fit for their system. They've already done a lot of homework on Sauce Garner. And actually, being that they've they've done so much homework on Garner, I'm just reading through the tea leaves here at more at better value. I think it's still in the in the range of outcomes that you flip this, do sauce Garner at five and then Quanu at seven. That's at plus 1300. So either way, uh, I think that's extremely good value for two guys that I think address positional needs for the, the starving needing giants. All right. So you got through that's seven, five. So seven, that's six. Uh, six, six, six Panthers. I'll go. See, this is the thing. Like, do I want to? I was going to ask you: Is it Pickett? Is it Willis? The quarterback, the, the quarterback thing. I. This is like my next question on the board right now. Oh, we should different? talk about the quarterback separately. <laughs> Just yeah. pass, pass skip, six for a second. We'll, we'll work back. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, so seven, uh, seven. We got. I already told you, uh, Garner or or Aquanu, one of the two. Eight. I'm going to go with uh, Garrett Wilson or. I'm going to go Drake London because they have okay. Russell Gage there. I think they still need a big body. No, they do Gage, have Kyle Pitts. Gage, Gage went to oh, he's on the He's on the Bucks. He's on the Bucks. He's on the Bucks. <laughs> so they have no one. <laughs> yeah, they have no one. They have Olamide so, uh, Olam, Zacchaeus. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go Garrett Wilson for that matter then. And okay. then nine. Um, shit. Um, Walker. I mean, he he falls at this point. Like I've already skipped over him, but I think he probably goes to the Panthers if the Panthers don't go to a quarterback. Um, okay. So I'll take him off there. <sighs> the last nine, Charles Cross, maybe. Uh, I don't have a good feeling about nine, but then ten, that would be Drake London. Okay, that took a while. So my no, you're good. My uh, top ten right now. Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Iquanu at three, which I don't feel great about, but I three and five I flipped. Four Jets, I feel like they're going to end up with whatever the defensive lineman holdover there yeah. is, so I'll go Trayvon Walker. Giants take Evan Neal. I, I'm very confident that they're going to take the O-lineman at five. If you can yeah. get a ballot there that says Giants take O-lineman at five, whatever the price is, I think that they're willing to wait on Sauce or Stingley at seven mm-hmm. and just take the best offensive lineman. Six, we'll get to the quarterbacks in a second. I have Charles Cross, the old lineman from Miss State. Uh, we'll talk about Carolina in a second. Seven, Giants. I have Derek Stingley ahead of Sauce Gardner. Uh, I, I I already laid it out. I, I think that Stingley is going to end up being really, really tight with Sauce. Uh, eight, I have Garrett Wilson. Nine, I have Sauce Gardner to Seahawks. Again, the Richard Sherman thing, I may, think that makes a lot of sense for them. And then the 10, I have Drake London. Uh, again, think that makes sense. 11, I have Chris Olave, Jamison Williams. I have 15 to the Eagles. Although given the steam in the market, I may switch out. What I'm thinking about doing right now would be eight. Atlanta takes Jamison Williams, 10, the Jets stick with Drake London, 11 goes Garrett Wilson to Washington and Chris Olave ends up at either 15 to the Eagles or 17 to the Chargers. I love the Chargers pick for Chris Olave mm. if he's there. His over-under in the market right now is 17 and a half. 
I don't see there's any way that the chance that the Chargers let Chris Olave go and don't give Herbert the deep threat if he's available there. I'm not saying that the Chargers are going to stretch for one. I think that they would love to come away with a Jordan Davis at 17 or Devontae Wyatt, someone to just plug in the middle and just eat up space for the running game that was terrible or they were terrible against the run last year. But if Olave is there at 17, that's too good with Herbert. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So uh, let's go back to the quarterbacks here for a second. So yeah. I I'm, feel very confident that Ritter's going to go in the first round. I think that's a great bet. What to do with Willis and Pickett when you're mock drafting? I haven't a freaking clue. Uh, from your, I, I don't know if you agree with me or not. I assume you do. These quarterbacks are all kind of trash. They're all guys that like, you're They're just not, biting. Yeah. You're just biting time until you find your guy, right? Yeah, I don't think Malik Willis is going to be like you know the cornerstone piece quarterback. Kenny Pickett definitely isn't. Um, but I think Pickett's the most QB. Re- he's the most NFL ready. So, but I don't know. The, the Panthers already have a holdover in Sam Darnold. So, like, why would you invest in two holdovers? You know what I'm saying? So, that doesn't make sense to me. I feel like they got to that, that. That's the only thing that's kind of holding me up with the over two and a half is like, where is Kenny Pickett? Is he that? Is he in that much high demand? Like, Matt Rule apparently heavily recruited him when he was at Temple. Is that enough to make you pull the trigger? Maybe, but I don't. I don't think Rule given what they did last year and some of the comments that he made in the media, he just sounds like an idiot. I don't know that they want to trust in him to like make these decisions for the, this franchise. Like he could, he could, he could be fired next season. So like, I don't think he's going to have enough power to swing the, the room to make that kind of a selection. Um, and they, they, you, there's still a trade market available for Jimmy Garoppolo, Baker Mayfield, again, more holdovers, but at least Garoppolo has some kind of a winning formula to his resume. Um, so I think that I'm going to fade the, the quarterback at, at six here. So then the question becomes, you know, when it gets later in the draft, the Steelers, um, you know, Kyler's holding out right now. I mean, I think they're eventually going to pay him. But, you know, there's other teams that could address their need at quarterback. Certainly the Seahawks could. Um, yeah, so there, there's definitely some QB needing teams. I just don't know if it's going to be the, the Panthers at six. Yeah, OK, so here's my thing on the Panthers. Uh, and you said you said a lot of it. David Tepper and his balls of steel. Is which is I don't know if anyone's ever seen that story about David Pepper Tepper. It's hilarious. Just just search on Google David Tepper desk ornament. Fantastic. It's my my type of guy. Uh anyways, he has gone all over the place and tried to find a quarterback. They are clearly invested in making a big move at quarterback. Yeah. They tried for Deshaun Watson. Why they didn't guarantee all of his money, I I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. The guy's the richest owner in the NFL. Um, but, you know, maybe they felt uncomfortable with all the stuff that's going on with the Sean Watson. Fine. I get it. Sure. It also sucks for them that they didn't have a pick between the second, third, and fourth round this year, which is a reason why, why not trade back? This is a perfect trade back spot. Pick up some extra picks. Scott Fittner, their GM, he's not as much on a hot seat as Matt Rule is. If Matt Rule does not win this year, he's screwed. He's out. He's done. He's done. He's done. You're not winning with Sam Darnold. You're just going to pay him the $18 million to sit his ass on the bench and complain on podcasts that I've proved that I'm a good quarterback. Yeah, okay, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, you, no, you haven't. Uh, not even at SC, really. You kind of stunk. Except for the one game. You had one good year. Um, sorry. So, uh, I have to gather love, myself. Love the Sam, Sam Darnold hate. Yeah, okay. So, Baker Mayfield, it makes a lot of sense for them. 
uh, I think it's he's good enough <laughs> that and they have enough weapons where, and especially in that division, like they could go and win seven, eight, nine games with Baker Mayfield next year. That may be enough to save Matt Rule's job. You know, it's not going to save his job. Drafting Kenny Pickett, who's not going to be good, who's 24 years old, who has little baby T-Rex hands. Baby hands. And, and he still needs like two years of coaching up to probably be a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, You're not going to have that much time. You need to win now. I, I think that Jimmy G actually makes the most sense for them. He creates a great floor. If he gets injured, and he will, Sam Darnold's like decent enough to – yeah. He, Throwing Sam Darnold in for three games a year, fine. You you can live with that. Sure. Uh, I think that Jimmy G makes a ton of sense for them. The only problem is, again, they don't have the second, third, or fourth round pick to do it. So what I think that they should do, trade down from six, pick up a third or fourth rounder, flip that to San Francisco, bring Jimmy in, and all of a sudden you're a 500 team. Maybe maybe you get a little hot. That in defense a very weak is division. In a very weak division. I mean, that, uh, Tampa Bay minus Tampa Bay, but still. But the NFC, the NFC stinks. Every good player is right. in the AFC West. Like <laughs> right. if with Jimmy G and you're playing Atlanta and New Orleans, who are going to be better or worse, Tampa Bay is going to be the same. They'll win the division. Yeah. Could Carolina with Jimmy G with an improving young defense, if Christian McCaffrey's healthy and you take an offensive lineman at 13, could you win 10 games and stick into the playoffs? Wild card? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's a much better path for Matt Rule than drafting Kenny Pickett. Do you think that he really want to risk his entire job? Where he, if he gets fired from the Panthers, he's got to go coach Southwestern JUCO Texas State shit or whatever the hell school he's going back to. Yeah. It's not like he's <laughs> he's not going back to college. He's not ending up at you know a top five job. He's not going to no. go coach Texas next year. No. So, uh, yeah, I, I I would be very surprised if Carolina takes a quarterback at six. If they trade down to 14, 16, and take Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, okay, fine. At six, nah. So I feel like someone's going to trade up for that and give him a third-round pick, and they flip the third-rounder to Jimmy. I, I totally agree, man. I, I love the the trade the trade out of the position angle. Wish we could bet on that because I think that they're – it just makes too much sense. Like the value and for someone to creep up for a positional need like that, Sixes are very attainable drafts position that can get you some middle tier value and then potentially flip it for a quarterback that you actually want to get that you struck out with on the free agent market. All right. So then Desmond Ritter, I, I think the Lions are going to come up and get him. They probably don't have that package 32 and 34 to come up that high to go get him. Yeah. They could just move up from 32 and like a fifth to move right. up to 24 or something like that to go get Ritter. Uh, I think that Willis is going to be gone somewhere between nine to Seattle. And I don't think he gets past 20 to Pittsburgh. I could see Pittsburgh trading up for him. Kind of mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense for Pittsburgh to go ahead and do that. Is that kind of what you're thinking about where Willis will end up landing? Yeah, I had him worst case in in, in uh, Pittsburgh. I think that that would be a, the logical fit, you know, being where their quarterback situation is right now. Um, could definitely take a couple years, see how he pans out. It seems like, I don't know, they always seem to draft quarterbacks and, you know, they may not, you know, pan out, but they're at least willing to give him a shot. So um, what he's seen on tape, like not, I mean, Liberty, obviously not the best competition, but I think that there's still some upside from what he saw in his pro day that he could actually be like, a, he could be serviceable. All right. It could be a better option than now. Like you've been looking at Mason Rudolph for the last, what, three or four years. Like can't get any worse than that. So um, 
yeah, I, I think that they, I think that they'll take the leap if anyone else doesn't. Uh, well before twenty, if, if they have to move up to get them, they will. You know, you usually play quarterback worse after you've gotten smacked in the head by Miles Garrett's helmet. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, that doesn't happen to Malik Willis. Uh, all right, <laughs> why don't we? All right, so we're done with NFL bet, draft props for now. We're gonna do at least one, maybe two, before next Thursday. Talk about it more. Talk about the movement. Talk about what bets we're making. Also, all of my bets are available. If you go to my Twitter page, uh, I have a link to a Google Doc that has all of my bets. I'm tracking all of them. So if I suck, you can yell at me on Twitter. That's fine. They're all there. I'm not changing the juice on any of them. I'm not going to mark them down as wins when they're losses. I'm not one of those stupid touts on Twitter. They're, <laughs> they're all right there. This is what date they were made, what site. Go ahead and check it out. Um, but let's do this. I have you. I have five minutes. NBA stuff, uh, playoffs, what's going on? What bets are we making? What are we liking? What's happening in the market? I need to know. Man, um, first off, as a Sixers fan, I feel pretty damn good by the play of Tobias Harris. Obviously, Scotty Barnes and uh, Gary Chen Jr. was on the mend last last week or last, last game. He was sick, but I think the Sixers look pretty well. And... Um, I think they have a nice path here. If they can get past the, the Toronto Raptors, then they'll face more than likely the Miami Heat. I think the Heat are going to beat the Hawks. That game is tonight. I think, you know, we could see Trey Young bounce back a little bit, but I just think that the Miami Heat team is just full of veterans. And unfortunately, without having Clint Capella there, that's going to matter in the long run. So I think the Heat have been quietly, like, just doing their thing as a one seed. They're probably the most unlikable one seed that you could have, but I think that they're at least going to get out of the first round here. And then we'll see what that that second round matchup looks like. Um, obviously, the game of the night, you know, after what we saw in Boston and and Brooklyn, what is what is game two going to look like here? Kyrie and the and TD Garden, man, flipping people off. It was the best. Off. It was the best. I love it. I mean, it. it's it's amazing. I mean, I don't understand why people are getting all up in arms about him giving people the finger. Like it's the playoffs. Like I was watching Winning Time last night. Um, Double birds, like, baby. Yeah, like Boston. This is what Boston does, man. Like they're the most just like you know there's the craziest fans that you possibly have so to expect them to be talking shit and him to give it back like he gave you 40 he gave you a 40 piece um probably the the cleanest 40 piece i've seen in a in a, in a playoff in a while man like Kyrie's just so good um and now there's reports that ben simmons is now taking four on four contact so he could be back potentially by game three or game four so that could change the dynamic of the series a little bit at least defensively because that's one thing that the brooklyn nets don't do is play defense so I'm still on the on the Boston Celtics in this game. I think that they'll they'll still win this one. Um, but in terms of player props, one that I love, another great matchup: the Minnesota Timberwolves stunned the Memphis Grizzlies in Game One. Some people on the Action Network side of it predicted this. It's just a bad matchup for the Memphis Grizzlies, but I think it's a bounce back spot for the Grizzlies. One thing that was apparent is that Stephen Adams is going to be rendered useless in this game. He was getting cooked in pick and roll and drop coverage against Cat because Cat is one of those bigs that stays away, shoots the three, um, plays away from the basket. Steven Adams isn't really helpful in that in that uh, scheme. So I think we're going to see a lot more Brandon Clark. So if you see any of his player props, um, I think I saw points and rebounds for over 15 and a half. I would take that. But the the, the lock of the night is Steven Adams under 20 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I still think he's going to be a factor in this game or potentially in this series because he's too slow-footed. He can't keep up with the bigs and he gets obliterated in pick and roll. So um, that's also going to be a good game. I haven't put anything on the spread or the total on that one, but I'm expecting Memphis to bounce back here. Seven points seems like a lot to me, 
Um, so I might just um, hedge that by playing the first quarter, uh, which I think should be at minus two and a half, um, or potentially the Memphis team total over 31. Um, I think that's also a pretty good bet. Um, man, so after that, yeah, a lot of game twos, man. It's going to be a great night of basketball. Uh, I love NBA basketball. It's basketball every, literally every night of hard co- competitive basketball. Like everyone complains about NBA sucks because they don't play because it's 82 games. Well, now you're now you're in the in the thick of it. This is where playoff basketball matters. It's great. It's awesome. I love it. Go Sixers. Let's get it. All right. So six games the next two days. Just quick hitters. First thought. You don't have to explain why. Just what are your yeah. picks? Atlanta plus seven and a half at Miami tonight. Uh, God, I don't want to lay points with Atlanta. Pass. Okay, I didn't can't know that was it. an option, but I, I can't liked do it. it. Uh, Minnesota plus six and a half. At Not Memphis. betting is always an option. I've never heard. Uh, that I'm gonna before. take Memphis six and a half. Okay. I, <laughs> not betting is not an option. Don't don't listen to Dan. It's a terrible option. Uh, Pat, Pelicans plus nine at the Suns. I'm I'm actually slightly compelled by the Pelicans, but I, I can't do it. Suns Suns nine Suns minus nine and a half. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards the Suns too. I actually bet them first game uh, minus ten and a half. They won by eleven. And I thought that's probably about the closest the Pelicans are going to get in Phoenix. Yeah. I think this is actually going to be a route uh yeah nets definitely look nets. at some unders there brandon ingram under 24 and a half points that dude struggles Ooh. against the phoenix suns Ooh, okay <laughs> uh now i have two prop bets for tonight love it nets plus three and a half at boston give what me boston think? three and a half okay sixers at the raptors no matisse Thybul. uh still favored by one and a half sixers one and a half okay the play that I like in that game, Toronto first half money line. Ooh, hoo, hoo. I, don't, I don't mind it. I don't. I mean, they, they uh, if they can, if they can start out, they they could definitely do it. Sixers teams at home, teams at home down 0-2 in a competitive matchup. Feel like that first theory. half. Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, last one, Bulls plus nine and a half against the Bucks. Surprisingly feisty in game one. Alex Caruso. Um, I hate the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the Bulls here. I think they might have figured out something, um, at least to keep it somewhat competitive. Um, being that I was heavy favorite, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the dog there. All right, that does it. We get went through all of our NFL draft props, some NBA stuff. We had good times. We'll be back next week with more NFL draft props. I can promise you. Uh, until then, go follow Dan. Go to Action Network and go track all of his bets whether he submits them verified or unverified, they always pop through. (laughs) I'm ready to go. Uh, Also go join a big board showdown league, follow our uh, Instagram and Twitter for more information on live drafts that we're doing with myself, Dan Turner. I'm making Dan Titus do one with me on Thursday. So you can join that with me. Steffi Smalls is also hosting one every day. Uh, We're also going to do a live first round mock draft. Me, Dan Turner, Steph Smalls, and Jeff Hasley tomorrow. So look out for that. And uh, yeah, that does it. We'll be back next week. Until then, good luck with all your bets. Make some money. Save some money for the NFL draft. And we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you.